Hello, everybody out there. This is Old Buck Dave with a special episode for y'all. I think it's going to be season two, episode 11. Dale is not here with us today. He's uh, still somewhere out in hyperspace. He's allegedly looking for a studio, but I'm, I'm beginning to wonder myself. What's special about this episode is we have our first guest. This is our first, first time you hear somebody other than Dale or Dave talking on, on the old bucks. And who we're going to have is, is old buck Gene. He's an old friend of our, ours. Known him uh, since uh, junior high, I guess. Gene has been a true friend forever, honestly. He was always the craziest, funniest, most outgoing guy in our group. And he was also the best dancer, I have to admit. He was also the hardest working guy. I remember Gene working at one job or another all through high school. He parlayed his wit and grit into a successful career in the sales world and spent a large chunk of his time developing suppliers in Asia, particularly China. Gene is now retired, but he's still not tired, despite all that travel. You'll recall it was Gene who blew up his car engine by going 105 miles an hour in second gear one fateful night. He was the fella in the story in uh, season two, episode two, where we worked on a gentleman's farm for a week, totally broke our backs because, because Gene was, was trying, to, trying to get love in all the long places with the farmer's daughter and kind of the farmer figured that out and he got the last laugh on us uh, breaking our backs for a week. Anyway, this is, this is the same Gene and uh, that was an interesting experience together. We've, we've had other work experiences together and other fun experiences together. And Gene, I wonder if uh, one of the things I recall, that <laughs> one of the jobs that I really, really remember is when we were busboys at the Twin Coaches Supper Club. Oh, boy. And I know you recall that. You want to you want to tell us a little bit about uh, some of your experiences there and some of the things that we did there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was the, the hours were awful. And, you know, we barely made it home before daylight uh, more than once. Yeah, let me think. Yeah, I mean, thinking about that, we were getting paid 50 cents an hour when the minimum wage was $1.25. At age 16 or 17, I think the child labor laws let us work to 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we were working 11, 12, 2 a.m., all right. Yeah. Post prom, post prom weekends, post prom parties. There, we were there at least till four a.m. <laughs> trying to trying to beat the sunrise home. So yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> hey, it was all about supply and demand, wasn't it? It it really was. I mean, we were only 15, 16 years old, maybe fourteen years old. I don't remember. Well, I, well, we had to be sixteen because we drove all right. we, rapidly. We rapidly, we were, six, we were sixteen, and uh, and we. You know, watching the boss, she was a not so kind at the time, uh, Italian lady who was very ballsy and very strong, strong willed. And she ran the club uh, all up in her head and iron uh, fist and like the iron fist pinpoint, you know, Rose, the iron maiden. Oh, she, <laughs> she was she, tough. She was tough. She was, but, she but was smart. We learned, I think we learned a lot. The main yeah. thing was, the fun we had setting up, uh, we, we barely ever 
watch any of these shows. Uh, was there any show that in particular we watched? Oh, gosh. I remember seeing the McGuire sisters 20 times. We watched them 20 <laughs> we times. We did see that. Well, we did see wow. them. And, and, yeah. uh, and luckily, we, we, we knew that, uh, that the oldest McGuire sister was dating uh, uh, one of the uh, major administrators in the local Italian yeah. association. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was always there keeping an eye on things, yeah. Right. Yeah, let's not go yeah. down that road. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even worth looking at the at the at leggy stockings they wore. That's but right. anyways, that's right. Yeah, um, but boy, I remember so seeing. Oh, I think so many times. Oh gosh, who, who else do you? I remember. Uh, do you remember? This is guy probably nobody ever remembered. Enzo Stuarty. Absolutely. Enzo, Enzo. Enzo was there as a as an act. I mean, he filled in like. It seemed like once a month. I mean, I don't know. You know, he was like, uh, you know, he was like an opera singer wannabe, kind of an Andrea Andrea Bocelli voice. You know, he was not right. not quite enough to, good to be a serious opera sing, opera singer, but right, but but way better than the average guy. I, right. I liked him. He gave me his autograph. I chatted with him a couple times. You know, that's not his real name. His real name was Eddie Stewart, something like that. That was his stage name. I think that they were. Little arrows shot in line uh, of teaching us things, just a little bit, not a lot. But yeah, uh, you know, I, maybe- I'll give you that. I remember something I learned. This was, uh, and you you got me in there. I I know that you got me hired there because yeah. like you say, they were always looking for people. This was one of my first days there. I was I remember I was in the kitchen. You were in there with me, a couple other bus boys. And of course, the waitresses and all the cooks. And uh, I went into the cooler there, not the cooler, the freezer, yeah. and got out one of those slabs of ice cream that they served, you know. For, right. And, and I'm standing there chomping this, and all of a sudden it got real silent in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, everybody's everybody got real quiet. And, and you're like, your head's twitching. <laughs> and this woman come, comes walking past. And, you know, she looks at me, looks around, and she keeps going, goes out the door. <laughs> you said, that's the boss. That's the boss. She said, you're, you said, you're going to be in big trouble eating that ice cream. <laughs> I didn't even know who she was at that point. Yeah. Well, I think she cut me a break on that one. Well, yeah, I think she was. She, was, she didn't jump your ass in front of the crowd, she, which, which when she did that, and she did it, not terribly often, but often enough, people would, <laughs> they could walk out underneath the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was, <laughs> went, she was tough. Inch, she know? was tough. Oh, man. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember all those times that, <laughs> that the, the, the law, <laughs> you know, they were loading, lo- they were loading the plates on the trays in the uh, kitchen there. And one of their specialties was lobster tail, frozen lobster tail. Okay. Yeah. 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 How many times did that, when we picked the tray up, that thing flew off the tray onto the floor, (laughs) skidding across the floor. (laughs) We just grab it. She just wipe it a little bit. It'll be okay. Yeah. Well, it'll be okay. I I, I worked there all, all together about, well, periods, Within three years, I, I worked uh, 
I think I worked there some time, took some time in all three years up to graduation. Uh-huh. And uh, I had one night that was a very memorable night because everything screwed up. Everything. I started off by carrying a big, heavy tray of uh, food. Well, you had the record. I think you used to carry 16. I could only, I could only do 12. That's what put the kink in my back for the rest of my life. <laughs> she started putting the plates down and the one guy right in front of me stood up and, uh, Oh, and, I remember that. Yes. And, I was there. And he, that stood, and he stood up <laughs> and he stood up one of the baseball players from the, the pirates. I can't remember. I, he was an outfielder. I can't remember his name now. Do you remember? I don't remember. I remember. I remember the episode. He he, he stood up into your tray, right, and kind of everything yeah. flew everywhere. Oh yeah, I mean it got all over him. I mean, you know, yeah. beautiful suit he had on, everything, and and I apologized all the hell, and, and and he was very nice about it. He was very nice about it. He didn't chew on her, didn't chew on me. Just asked where the men's room was. And went in and uh, went back to the men's room and cleaned up. That was uh, it. I do uh, remember that, that night. Oh, that was, that was, oh, I, I was scared after death because I was direct and I was caught. I went into to the kitchen to, to take a, a, a big load of sticks off, <laughs> off the counter. And uh, I was going in, going to the door, the double door. And, the, and sometimes that door would fly open and, you, you know, you'd be just oh, a, man, a yeah. hair close. Yep. Yep. You'd be a hair close. And, and, and one of those sticks slid right off the top, <laughs> right down into the butter jug. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was a plastic thing, foot long and a foot wide or whatever, and it had ice and butter in it. And it also yep. had a steak floating on the bottom. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and I took I took it out, and I took a bunch of napkins off the thing, and I... I slapped it against the side of the wood and I, I, I hit it with the cloth a couple of times, both sides, I put it back on the tray, put Make it sure back it was on dead. The tray yeah. and yeah. took it out. Took it out. <laughs> <laughs> they had to, somebody had to say, this is, is special. This, this is special. Yeah. <laughs> Only at the coaches. Do you remember yeah. that cruet room? They yeah. used to put us in there when the, uh, the, when the main show started. Yeah. And that's where we had all those little cruets, those little glass bottles where we'd refill the oil and vinegar. Right. Uh, pe- people thought they were getting fresh oil and vinegar. I mean, oh my God, we were, <laughs> we were plucking cigarette butts out of those things. And, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. And oh, I remember yeah. the, the, uh, the night the health inspectors were around yeah. and they locked us all in the cru- cruet room and, and they covered the door and they said, don't make a sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, see, you know, see, it's things like—I mean, I'm crying here. These things like this, you never forget. Mm-mm. I mean, you never forget. You know, those are the never forgets. You and I were talking the other evening, and I was telling you about the the back bar room. Johnny, the the little bartender in the small bar in the middle, where the girls used to go and get their drinks for the for the crowd. He said, "Take you know, take this crate or whatever." Old, old, old wine bottles, what it was, and uh, take it back there and just leave it on the counter. He says, don't leave the door open. Anyways, so I look up on the one of the uh, shelves, and there's a Coca-Cola bottle, one of those, you know, the, the old 
first-time Coca-Cola bottle. Uh, in it, floating around was a mouse. A mouse. <laughs> a mouse. I've uh, been dead okay. for many years and uh, don't know. Didn't know, didn't know why it wasn't ate alive. It was, it was pickled in the Coke, or yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was just right in the Coke, you know, uh, just floating around in the Coke, uh, and they had a cap on, and it was up on the shelf. And you would wonder why they would show something like that at a restaurant. I, I, I well, and I, I, I didn't know why they had that. I mean, why they kept it? I mean, because it was nauseating, sickening, ugh, you know. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, I went back out and I asked, I asked a uh, little guy, I said, oh, well, you know, what's with the, the mouse in the, in the uh, cookbook? He said, you didn't let anybody in to see that, did you? And I said, no, I'm asking you, you know. He said, well, we just got that delivered one time and they would delivery of Coke. And I said, <laughs> and you, you liked it so much, you just figured you'd keep you it You just forever. couldn't let it go. <laughs> for posterity, you just keep it forever. Uh. Jesus. Uh, so what? Hey, I was going to ask you. When did you? When did you actually start your business flights overseas? You remember the year? Overseas? Oh, uh, I'm talking about you know to to either the Eastern Bloc or or. Oh, uh, must have been probably mid '80s, mid to late '80s, probably. Okay. Okay. I didn't get to China till probably 92, 93, somewhere. Yeah. I had, had been there, you know, like, uh, felt like home. 400 times. Huh? 400 times by then. Yeah. I, it was like unbelievable. Uh, but uh, this is the kind of funny thing I remember was Japanese airlines. And I was with a guy, two guys. I met them on, on the, on the flight. One was a six foot seven, and he was he was a buyer, of, and then it was his boss with him, who who was like six foot five or six foot four. I mean, they were big, tall guys, and you know, here I am, five nine. So they put us in these in this Japanese hotel where the beds were like five <laughs> foot nine, five yeah. foot nine. You know, maybe you know, my, I mean, like my feet were right at the end, and these uh, these guys <laughs> when they put us in the same room. Your legs would be they put you in the same room yeah oh you know they had oh yeah they put three beds beside each other or in front of each other or I mean, they they stick them on the wall if they can get away with it these guys their their legs are dangled over the front wait a minute you're you're in a japanese you're in a japanese hotel sharing a tight room with two strangers right yeah well, get these, out. Guys these guys are these guys are buyers and i you know and i they had a uh, a one one rumor which was extraordinarily expensive for the time you know but i, but I thought what the, you know and i said the guy said hey you know what if there's enough room you can bunk in here and we'll all save a little money i said okay you know it was just overnight one night they were laying with their legs over the edge of the bed you know at the end of the bed their feet on the floor mm. <laughs> You know, wow. and I'm there sleeping comfortable as hell. Yeah. But anyway, that was that was the first time that happened uh, to me, and the last. So did did you have a favorite city over there, or my, my I had a couple favorite cities uh, of the large type and of the smaller type. I uh, I loved Hong Kong, and 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 not not the Hong Kong side, but the but the other side across the bay. Kowloon, uh, Kowloon. 
Yeah, uh-huh. I like Kowloon. They had English English speaking food places, and it was very safe. So you flew into the old Hong Kong airport. I flew into the old Hong Kong airport between the uh, apartment suites yes. up, on the hill, up on the hill, the f- and we could we could wave at people when we were coming through. Honestly, you know? the first time that I flew into Hong Kong. Uh, with another fellow who'd been there before, and he didn't tell me this. And you're you're banking, basically banking between these apartment buildings. And you're right. I could, I could have read the newspaper. The guy sitting out, <laughs> and I looked to the guy, to the guy next to me. You know who I was who was flying with, and I said, "Well, you never warned me about this." And he said, "I thought it would be best if you just experienced it." <laughs> Without any warning, <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> I thought, I'll, I'll we're going to land. Now, you must have sat down uh, when you landed, and, and you must have said to yourself, now, was that better in knowing it or experiencing yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it was, probably, it was probably better the way I did it. Yeah. Uh, if oh. I'd have been apprehensive. <laughs> well, it's hey. like, I'm, I'm not really in charge of this plane anyway, so. Well, you did that and i want to ask you one thing about it what what was the weather like hot and humid was it raining uh not that time but i was there once when it was monsoon oh that's exactly what i went through second time uh, monsoon hit and that plane they they turned that plane sideways and we just kept moving closer and closer and closer to one of those buildings mm-hmm. and, you know and finally the you know, the guy that the, the pilot saw at the tailwind was away and he flipped it back up and we landed like it was like instantaneous. Oh. <laughs> instantaneous. Like we landed on the on the cement. And I thought to myself, you gotta be kidding. Gotta be kidding. <laughs> yeah, we had our, our departure delayed because the monsoon once. And when we did take off. There was a 747 kind of down the hillside by, off the end of the runway that had, had not been able to, to land properly the day before. And that's when they shut the airport down. That was, that was a treat. That well, a but treat. you know, you, you did fly in many years after and you got to fly into the new airport. Oh, too. what a difference. Yeah. Do you have a favorite well, te- Did you have a favorite teacher in high school, Gene? Well, let me go back on the two you guys talked about and say that Miss Neff and I stepped up the hill together hundreds of times. Uh, I walked her. I walked up the hill with her, uh, the, uh, up Main Street Hill, many, many, many times. Yeah, but she was a delight. She was. She, she was, was a delight. Yeah. I, I really, uh, I had total, total respect for her. But my, my guy was that, that I. I really praised highly was Mr. Stregic. Mm-hmm. Mr. Stregic was great guy. Uh, oh man. That's the guy who picked me and my desk up at the same time and threatened to throw me out the window. Right. That's the <laughs> right. guy. Right. He, he almost did it. I'm not sure I deserved that either. Well, I don't think, I, I don't think. I probably did. I was surprised it was you. Hard, he definitely did it to me. I remember Thought I was talking too board. much. Well, he didn't take any board. That was the thing. But the key on him was, though, he really respected 
and wanted every kid that he touched to turn out good and, and, and have success. He told me that many times in our just private discussions. You know, um, you, it's all about the love. It's all about the love, man. I think it <laughs> you is. You know that. Come on. You know that. I, I think it is. I'm all pretty right. sure it is. I'm pretty well, sure listen, it is. Listen, on that note, I am going to say thank you, Mr. Gene. I appreciate you coming on and Zooming with us here our first special guest episode. This will go down in, in history. Dale will probably want to make you a member of the citizens requiring additional placebos, whatever he calls that society. Well, as, long, as, long as, as long as it's always placebos and not things that will cause me to run over the bridge without the, using the bridge, you know? Okay. All right. Hey, thanks very much, Gene. Talk later. Take care, man. Be good, buddy. 